Hey everyone and welcome back to the Kicks the Crotch podcast and um, this week we are going to be talking about martial arts and its place in society. Now we've talked about this in similar-ish ways in the past about how there's violence in society, um, how it's interacted with students and things like that, but this time we're looking really at um, universities and how they use martial arts, how it is in the wider world and also how it's trained when you're younger as well. Now with me today we've got Andrew Pierce who has a background in karate uh, as well as judo where um, uh, he got his uh, provisional to uh, instruct in, in judo and also now is I believe president of the Capoeira Society at Canterbury Crossroads University um, and obviously for myself anyone that's listening for the first time I um, have trained in a variety of different martial arts uh, similarly I have trained in judo um, jiu-jitsu and various other things and now train primarily in self-defense but my first grading was before Andrew was born so um <laughs> Which worryingly, that's not even an exaggeration, but there we go. So, what um, before 1993? I was graded to yellow belt in judo in 1989. <laughs> I have, I just have the advantage of having a slightly babyish face, Andrew, that's all. Um, but yes, so um, Andrew is here with me just to have this discussion, um, talk about um, his time when he was training originally as we know in 1993 up to university and how they, they see it in the wider world in general so um first off Andrew how are you doing uh doing pretty well I've uh, went out enjoyed the sun for a little bit in between lectures yeah um it's a bit it's a bit disconcerting being just sitting in the sitting inside online and then looking out and having to switch sunglasses <laughs> Yeah, it's it is very weird, and obviously with um, with the whole kind of martial arts and and things like that as a background, it must be really strange um, being inside so much anyway. Because I don't know about you, but I'm finding it really hard to train at the moment, even to do basic stuff. Because yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can, I don't have the room to train at home. Um, I could do if I if I had the energy, obviously, I could do basic like uh, body weight workout and stuff. Yeah, but obviously now that it's starting to warm up a bit now that I can once I get some of my essay work out the way I can get outside do a bit of training outside as well which should be good yeah yeah I mean the essays have to come first unfortunately um but yes so you were just saying then that you started back in 1993 I was born in 1993 End the pocket. No. Um, so, um, also, by the way, for anyone that's listening for the first time, we are now live. Well, not live, but we are now um, active on Spotify as well as YouTube. So, this is the very first podcast that is going up itself specifically for Spotify and YouTube. There are ones before, but this is the first one that's showing on there. Just to interrupt Andrew randomly there. Um, but also, uh, so when did you start training? How old were you when you started? Um, I think I started properly training when I was around 11 or 12 when I started in um when I moved back to England because uh, I've been in Australia where my dad did his master's degree okay. uh we came back and I started in I believe 2005 um I'd had experience of like a martial like martial arts background as I was younger because when my dad was in Japan he learned kendo as well oh, cool. so he had a bit of that um he had a bit of background there yeah so i mean that's great kendo is the one martial art that really messes me up when i trained in it um purely because it, it it's, it's back to front in my mind so i have ocd mm. as well but 
left side forwards is always the thing for me. Um, you know, with left leg, the movement that way, that's always the way I'm used to it. Even from boxing, that's the way I'm used to it. And then Kendo, nope, switch it. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I often yeah, do a I mean, dance when I'm trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in fencing, which I practiced for uh, quite a while and instructed for about two, two and a half years, mm. uh, I use my left and right hand interchangeably. So I can teach both sides, yeah. Um, which obviously is a bit of a, um, like, the unorthodox method yeah. of uh, training, which was good in the training because the instructor who taught me was decent, but he was a better instructor than he was a fencer. <laughs> I mean, that happened, I think that happens a lot. That happens a lot in, say, in, in sports like football a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you, you often do find that. I, I, I found it really difficult when I was doing kendo because one of the... Um, because obviously I was there trying to switch from what my mind wanted me to do after 20 odd years of training to go, no, 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 you've got to do it the other way around. And then finding out that the person that we're training with, um, that was still being trained, they weren't the instructor, they were still training with us and we were sparring against, was part of the British team. And you're there kind of going, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> what, how do I, what do I do against this? Um, so yeah, that was, Kendall was definitely a fun one for me. So you started about... Um, when you're about 11 which i think in the west is quite a normal time um i think between the ages of say you know 10 and 14 is usually when i think in in england and america people tend to get into martial arts um yeah it's very much a kind of you either start it when you're super young or you go into secondary school and start yes i mean i started when i was four years old um so i'm i'm, I'm on the other side of it um but yeah, it's it's definitely a kind of normal one. So you've been doing it for quite a while then. So you have it's not like it's um it's not like for some people, uh, obviously they come to university and just find a um, martial arts. Yes, I'm going to do martial arts now. Um, so you've had the experience kind of outside of it as to now. So, but the difference between say university training and when you were being trained um, as an adolescent into adulthood, outside of university. Do you, now, I held this opinion, and I, you can say I'm talking bollocks, but I, I always find, personally, that the university versions are generally worse and too soft. Um, I don't know about you, but even with martial arts, um, we'll have a discussion about self-defense and things in a bit, but um, in terms of martial arts, I always find that they are far more worried about getting fired by the university or having interaction with the university than they are about actually teaching someone now that may be not the case for you I don't, I don't know I haven't done capoeira mainly because um I used to have someone that lived nearby me that did capoeira and I was there going I can't fucking do that and so I never did um he was just jumpy um but yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm a big guy it just doesn't work um but uh mate I, I when I had my first grading I had a guy who was about maybe six three six four like, okay built like a shit built like a shit house <laughs> um i tried to i tried to um like push into him for a uh, barge at one point and obviously you just bounce off the guys <laughs> yeah. like He's... but he could move really fucking well yeah like it's surprising to see someone that size like literally doing backflips in yeah. front of you <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, if I put the effort in, I, can, I mean, obviously I can do things that some of my size generally can't because of how long I've been doing martial arts. Um, I think it's that it's that thing that's ingrained into my head to be different. But do you find that it's it's a very different way of doing things since you come to university? Do you think that that innate thought of actually I've, I've got to protect myself rather than help the students seems to come in? Have you seen that at all? I mean, in terms of the, uh, in terms of obviously when I did karate, I did it for six and a half, seven years. Um, and that was when I was a young, young student right up to as I was leaving, like, uh, leaving like college sit form, that kind of thing. Uh, I found coming into um, capoeira, especially, um, it's very much a doesn't pull punches, like, if you want to, you could have a full contact like sparring session with anyone who's there, including our instructor, uh, Contramester Madeira. Good. Um, he's he's fantastic. Like he um, trained in Brazil back with um, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with the uh, Gracie brothers before they started up UFC. Mm. Um, and I made the mistake. Well, it was part of the training, but made the mistake of uh trying to take him on the ground fight and he literally just kept control like just kept like moving me about like kept kept himself on top until i tired out like i lasted maybe like almost maybe a minute most <laughs> before he was like all right that's enough and then just crushed me <laughs> yeah i mean all of us at some point every single one of us that has got to any kind of decent grading or anything have made the mistake of going, yeah, but I can just fucking take you down. No, you can't. <laughs> like, I, I know I can't, but that doesn't stop me trying. Stop people to try. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're respectful about it. And it's it's good to hear. I mean, I, I was nodding along when you said about, um, about the fact that you can just roll with him because that's the thing that annoys me. And that, I think that's the thing I generally see in university ones more than anything else is that you have an instructor that won't they're just like no just do that or they have people under them just go, go and do that i'm like no 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 show me show me that this is actually worth it because you know that's not to say that you should just go up and punch your instructor in the face that doesn't prove anything <laughs> but like if if there is if you let's say you sparred for a little bit or you just did some had some fun with the instructor and you managed to do something and their response is anger get the fuck out if their response yeah. is either well done or how the fuck did you just do that I have more respect for that instructor because either they've gone, nice, I put my guard down, you fucking did it. Or they're going, that shouldn't have happened. Can you tell me how? Like, that's great because that's development. But I think I find when it's when it's um, university and generally actually in various parts of society, you find a lot of kind of watered down. And I think that's happened nowadays in general as well. So is there any, you said you were doing karate for quite a while. What, what version of karate was it? Um, it was a, um, it was predominantly Goshi based style. Okay. Um, so obviously it was a bit more focused on the uh, cutter and the um, more defensive, uh, defensive versions. Um, more akin to uh, Miyagi-Do than uh, Cobra Kai, obviously. <laughs> That's the only thing that people, people think about in terms of karate now. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's not even that Cobra Kai is actually like Japanese karate it's Korean karate or um uh Tung So Do I think mm. if I remember rightly well they, also they've they've adapted it so it's nearer to um 
to the Americanized version of a Korean version of a Japanese art. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, and this is, I think, where it becomes watered down. I, I think this is the thing, because to me, I'm not saying you have to be absolutely traditional all the time, although that is very much mm. the background I have. It's very traditional. Um, my old judo instructor, for instance, is the... Um, the sole representative in in England of a Japanese house. He is it. He is an eighth dan um, black belt in judo, recognised by the British, um, both British judo associations, the Olympic Council and in Japan. So my way of stepping on a mat even is very traditional. But I don't mean you have to kind of have that way of thinking, but I find it's become a kind of, you know... You, it's so much about we don't want them to get hurt. Now, I get that. I get that you don't want them to get hurt, and I understand. But it's an Americanized cultural thing, I find, that maybe it's just because of when I was brought up doing these martial arts. Back when it was just like, no, 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 they're going to get hurt. What the fuck are you doing? Mm. Of course they're going to get hurt. You're going to hit each other. Um, yeah, I mean, when but... <laughs> I was doing... Um, sorry, when I was doing um, karate... Um, the local school because it was um it was operating out of the school that was right next to where i went to school mm. that's how i found out about it at first because people came around knocking on the door were like we train in the like girls school in the gym just around the corner um are you interested and obviously being a weird slightly autistic kid in an all-boys school um in a comprehensive as well yeah. um it was never a very good situation in the first place. So it was all, it was as much the fact that obviously I had a lot of respect for Japanese martial arts as it was thinking, well, I might as well try and like make myself a bit less of a target, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always, it's always, I mean, I, I, um, I was very similar. I just had the advantage of being um, big, but I actually got sent to martial arts because um, the the men in my family were a bit mental and so like someone threw a snowball at my brother when he was at school once and his response to that was to pick them up by their throat so they had a bit of a reputation so I got sent because I liked the Bruce Lee films and they were like yeah just send him there he'll be big and he'll be fine um, but uh, yeah so it was interesting for me but so um, for you you did go into it with the idea of okay I need to be able to take a hit or be able to reciprocate and things like that um, but have you found, or do you see, I mean, you mentioned Cobra Kai there. Do you see a <laughs> lot around um, nowadays of people, the, the muck dojos, the, the idea that society wants you to just, I want to have a black belt. Society's idea of what martial arts are, I personally blame MMA for. I have some issues with the UFC and MMA. Um, you know, go and, go and look up the original UFC and um, the fact that they didn't in, they didn't bring back one of the judges after he dared to criticise them. Mm. The undefeated karate champion that they had there. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, like I, I find that it's, it's now this kind of, um, yes, we're going to give you a black belt in a year. Uh, you just give us the money. Um, we're going to hit you with some pads every now and again and nothing happens. Whereas like for me, the people I train with and the way I train, I always think, no, if you can't get significantly hurt, that you're not doing it properly. So I remember when I was um, instructing, because um, I was in, instructing someone in, in self-defense and they um, said, oh, could you come and instruct at the university? A lot of people think that I set up the self-defense society um, at the university. I didn't. Uh, somebody else did. And they asked me to come in 
I wasn't even studying there or anything. I, they asked me to come in as because I was their instructor and to do it. But when we did the risk assessment, the looks on their faces, because although a very, you know, it had a white strip, it was, this isn't going to happen, basically. The risk of death was on there because it has to be. And I think that's what, what's in my head. Like the last time, to put it in contrast, I've had people come into my um, training sessions at university that when I've um, used a slap as a distraction move, they've refused to slap their friend because it's mean. And I'm there going, it's a fucking self-defense class. Um, oh, yeah. And then, gonna, yeah, exactly. If you're going to slap someone, do it properly. Yeah, exactly. And then you compare it to, say, when I was training in um, uh, KPAP, Krav, Krav Panim El Panim, the reason I had to go home after, because this is a four-day um, black belt currency course, is to become an instructor, an international instructor in um, uh, an Israeli martial art. The reason, and so very different way of doing it. I was passing. I, I've been told, but, you know, I was doing absolutely fine. I've gone back. I've, I've done the training around it as well, but this was a few years ago. But the first time I tried to do it, um, I'd just come back um, from honeymoon, I think about a week before. And I went along and there were three of us that were chosen. It was myself, a um, former um, North of England heavyweight Muay Thai champion and a, a close protection officer from the Middle East. And our instructor was a former Israeli Defence Force um, soldier which probably had some other things in as well, but I can't really discuss that, that he talked about anyway. <laughs> um, but you know, that was the, and I, I had to go home halfway through or three quarters of the way through the training, partly complete. So I, I just had to finish at the end, but I had to come home partly complete because during a sparring session, I got severe concussion because I stupidly, because I've trained in, because I've been training for so long, I've trained in several martial arts. And what I should have done is gone into a softer pose because my background is far more of the soft martial arts, although I can use the, the, um, the strikes from everything else. My stance is primarily, and even in self-defense, it's a soft stance. But because mm. I'm a fucking idiot, I went into mirroring my opponent, who is the former North, <laughs> North of England heavyweight Muay Thai champ, who was six foot four, so two inches taller than me, is a former <laughs> champion, like it's not, and so even in sparring, I went into a Muay Thai stance. And of course my level may be okay, but it's nowhere near his, and he just took my legs. And I just hit the ground sideways. I had no time to break for, I had no time to do anything. And I just got a severe concussion. I carried on for the rest of the day um, and then woke up the next day just going, what's, what's my phone number? <laughs> okay, um, Adam, you need to go to the hospital right now. But the, the great thing was, and I think it, it, it um, in my mind it went from there as well is that the when I was taken to the hospital one of the instructors came with me and the doctor kind of knew what we'd been doing but asked the question have you been hit in the face at all over the weekend and me and the guys with just laughed at him and just went wouldn't I'm like an, a black belt equivalency course in an Israeli martial art what do you think like even the even the people who you know, even the best, even the the Muay, the Muay Thai guy, I managed to hit him a couple of times in the face and he he knew what he was looking for. So th that was a weird, I think that's the society thing of going, oh yeah, but martial arts are just these fun, sporty things that we do. And then those of us that do it going, no, it's not, or at least it shouldn't be. Like if you hmm. want to do it, 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 and that's my experience is that we go from the people I've trained who I've literally just told, just get out of my class. Like there's no point you being here to then when I've done it, I get knocked out, you know, and, and again, anybody listening who's been to an instructor that has never lost a fight, walk out. Um, 
they everyone does all of us have been knocked down even in sparring like it fucking happens um but that's yeah. my experience of it and i don't know does that does that resonate with you at all or is it just me having bad experience um i think i found that um in some in obviously when i was um start when i started off in um karate um i only ever got hit in the face twice um both times by the brown belts because i was i was very much an all or nothing like if i was going to train i was going to train with people who knew what they were doing yeah and if i was going to train with people who knew what they were doing i wasn't going to hold back yeah like one of my old the guy i used to spar with a lot was a old um raf guy um and we'd spend best part of like five minutes in the kumite just um like exchanging hit for hit mostly like <laughs> sorry obviously obviously we block and we move about but generally it was all right we're just gonna go for it mm. um i think one thing that um like one thing that i guess probably could, is why the like american styles are a lot different is obviously you get a concussion you get a broken nose broken arm suddenly you're probably bankrupt Yes. And I think that's where I think that's where it's gone wrong is is the kind of yeah, because how many times do people get hurt playing American football? But some so for some reason, they don't seem to get bankrupt or sued from that. But martial arts, hmm. which is literally fighting arts. <laughs> no, no, we're going to sue you. What? <laughs> um, I think also like um, one thing that I found is uh, like I found missing from certain areas is the fact that, I mean, let's quote Spider-Man here, great power comes great responsibility. If you're training to do these kind of things, you're training to be a martial artist, to um, actually use your skills if you need to in a defense scenario yeah. or in a life or death scenario, then oh, where was I going with that shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're to if you're doing that then you need to have a certain level of respect as well like if you walk in there like arms down like flapping like conor mcgregor or something um and you're just like yeah i've got all these skills i'm gonna lay you out and suddenly boom they're down yeah. like they dropped their guards they went in there arrogant and cocky and next thing you know could be in a hospital could be worse mm. like the the relationship between martial arts and discipline and respect is definitely one that feels like it's eroded over recent years. Yeah. Like we've had people come into um, one or two people come into Capoeira um, and obviously they'd be like, really like, oh yeah, I've given this a go and look at all these other things I've done. And not paying the appropriate respect to the art, our master, uh, the area in which we're training. Like that's one thing that we um, we always do is that we have a opening and an ending. We respect our uh, contramestra, um, like say thank you at the end of the uh, match or at the end of the training session. And I think there are a lot of places that haven't kept up that level of like, discipline respect and yeah. when you're literally sending people out without that with certain skills that they may try out if they 
get angry or think that someone's disrespected them, then you've got a recipe for disaster, whether it's the person who attacked or the person who ends up defending themselves from it. Yeah, I mean, d- definitely. I've seen something, and I think UFC has a lot to answer for on that one. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I have the issue, because it doesn't, the, the respect seems to have disappeared. Um, I've, I I've think had one people... of the one of the other issues I have with UFC and MMA in general mm. is that it's a combination of it's striking, grappling, groundwork, but literally most of most like professional UFC fights are just how can I hit you in the head quickest, <laughs> or I've got you down, let me repeatedly hit you in the head. Yeah, like, and there's no real finesse to it. No, it's sometimes. been proven. It's been. Pr- I mean, if you look at it, you can easily see the people who are actual martial artists. So I always bring up the fact that um, so you've got Khabib Nurmagomedov, who was undefeated because he knew his art. He knew what he was best at, and he would oh, get he's, you. He's and that's the end of it. Good. That yeah. was the end of it. Like he wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna try and be you. He wasn't gonna try and do anything else. You were done. And also hmm. before whatever the fuck their trainer said to them ronda rousey it's really weird so if you look at all of ronda rousey's fights all of them except for the last two she uses judo the last two she's yeah. supposed to be a boxer and th- and she lost but when she was just doing judo and elements around judo she destroyed if she won the world um, world title in 12 seconds i mean yeah and that was the thing and i think that's where people have People have suddenly gone with the idea of calling themselves an MMA fighter because they spent two hours doing a load of different martial arts and gone, well, I've done a bit of judo. How how much? I went there for a couple of classes. That's not doing a bit of judo. After doing yeah, it, I mean, doing it for, if you did it for a year or two and you say I've done a bit of judo, okay, fine. But <laughs> that's the issue, I think. It's for long yeah, time. I mean, Ronda Rousey, um, I was quite a fan of hers back in the day when she was really active for mm. one really weird reason, and that's that she's a giant Pokemon fan. <laughs> she literally said that her ideal, her like her martial arts or her like fighting in the ring is based on uh, water and dragon type because as a combination, they have very few weaknesses yeah. and each type exemplifies her style like um obviously the dragon is the more offensive side judo and water is quite a well-known kind of um like link made so it was like she's a giant pokemon nerd uh essentially playing a water dragon type in the ring yeah okay yeah i can see it yeah there is a weird there is a very obvious correlation we have between um complete geeks and martial arts in pretty much oh, everything. There's a, <laughs> I think I think his guy um his name's Israel, I think. Um, um who had to say a senior. Israel is a senior, yeah. Yeah, that's the one who is a huge um Avatar The Last Airbender fan. Um yep. so am I as well. <laughs> um, he spoke about and, it on a on a on a on a um first we feast episode with um auntie joshua yes yeah yeah how he's got um i think he's got toff on his leg or something, something like that yeah 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 it's, it is interesting that they've that they've got that uh, and i mean like you say they've all got and it's i mean because of their geekiness as well they they're, they're quite um not obsessive but they, they 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 show the respect even to things like that and that's why they, mm-hmm. they show the respect to their martial arts and like you say that is that is lost you've had the issue with capoeira i've had the issue with with self-defense that people have just gone, well, we're not going to show that kind of respect. Now, I think people may get confused by what 
specifically I mean by uh, by respect because for instance I don't care if you use my actual title if I'm training you in fact if you do I'll probably tell you off um and I have my friends of mine who have come in and have trained people um technically um my my um don't repeat this if what I train is you. your what is master. your official title other than master. arrogant get it's master and that's why okay. I never use that can you imagine me using the fucking my actual title of master no it ain't fucking happening you call sounds me by like my name a, sounds like you're a kid again like oh, it's, it really you've does, got yeah. a lesser saying like master it adam really charles <laughs> i know it's brilliant so yeah just just call me adam it's brilliant you know that's and i think that's the thing is that you can still show respect even when you call by the name so um for instance i have tom davy sensei who comes in and trains and um, people for me but he's just tom and he will hmm. do the same thing. Like, if you call me sensei, I'm going to shout at you. Like, but you can still be respectful of someone um, in a certain way and still call them by their Christian name, especially, actually, it's more respectful if they've asked you that. Like, I've had people yeah, come I mean, in and, and say it to me, and I'm like, don't use that term. Like, I actually dislike that term because I think that's an anglicized, it's an anglicized um, over-exemption of what we think Japanese and Chinese martial arts were. Because all they yeah. actually according to each other is teacher, and yet the mm. en- English side of English speaking world have got um, hold of stuff, and we call each other master and professor. Like fuck off! Mm. I'm just there as an instructor. Like um, so, it, it is it is weird, but I think there's still the idea of being um, respectful, um, even even when it gets to the harsher stuff. I, you can, like you say, you can still be respectful. I think that's where it goes because we've gone to this idea of like we might get um, we might get sued or this might happen or I don't want to upset them and I think that's where the respect has gone as well in that we're just jumping at anything that someone we're training says and that's where it's just like okay now we now we're not really teaching anything now we're just going I actually had someone go oh but that's not allowed under this insurance I'm going yeah but they don't insure me um Hmm. because like because of the university the union insurance I'm not covered under the union insurance I have my own independent insurance which is actually worth more higher it's about too many more um, indemnity so i'm allowed to do different things with that than is allowed under that insurance but you have people coming in with that knowledge already going oh you're not allowed to do that actually i fucking am <laughs> so and i think that's that's the problem in that we're just we are producing a generation of martial artists and people that have been to self-defense classes who are disrespectful over exa- uh, over um, confident in what they've learned um and it just i think it causes more violence because yeah i think you know, um one thing i one thing i found is that um like especially some of the people i went to school with um some of them um like one of my friends in year 10 like in year 10 and 11 um he'd been training judo since he was able to walk um he was fantastic he was actually one of the people who uh, trained me when i was getting my license um like i hadn't seen this guy in years like and then he turned up i was like i remember you we went to school (laughs) together had a go and i was down in like five seconds max um but obviously he was very he was very much like sure i've had all this experience but I'm not going to treat you like a child or I'm not going to like disrespect you. Like um, there's something in, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but in um, Capoeira, um, most uh, 
capoeira players, as we like to call ourselves. Because um, if you ask someone whether they're a, if you ask someone whether capoeira is a dance or a martial art, it will be a different answer every yeah. time. And uh, honestly, player just see it's kind of kept, captures the like playful kind of exuberant spirit that um, a lot of uh, capoeiristas have. What is um, Bolton, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we have we obviously have uh, nicknames which we use like um, Contra Mestra Madeira. Um, obviously, his title is Contra Mestra. Um, arguably, he should be a master by now, but um, he switched switched schools when he was younger. Um, and as he said, he likes it that way because. He'd like to be able to go up to uh, the founder founder of our version of the art, uh, Mr. Bruges, and um, everyone else, and be and get his master's belt, and people be like, "Well done, mm-hmm. like you deserve this." Um, whereas if someone gets their belt too early, it's like, "Let's see if you really deserve that belt," you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, the, it's the McDojo way of doing things that I think people have got into their heads, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, also the, um, like, nicknames help us come up with a lot of, like, a um, lot of, like, um, oh, so it helps, like, link to each other, like, get a bit closer. Like, uh, Madeira's uh, nickname is Madeira, obviously. That's mm. not his actual name. Um, he was called that because when he started Capoeira, he was stiff as a Madeira tree. I just thought he was a drunk. Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, when he started, he was stiff as a Madeira tree. So obviously that was his name. Um, one of my favourite par- sparring partners, uh, Kashada, he is called that based on the um, crescent kick to the chin because he has such a pronounced chin that's easy to kick. Right. So he's named after the kick because he has such a big target on his face. <laughs> nice. Fair. Uh, and obviously, like the fact that his nickname means that doesn't mean he's treated any less seriously. Like right. he's been doing it for uh, like six, seven years, I think. He's one of our um, like instructors when Madeira isn't around. Um, another guy, Ete. Um, literally called that because he has really long fingers, like ET. Like nice. some of them are ridiculous nicknames, but I mean but... It's, that, it's that family feel, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, I've said this in um, I I think I did this on a on a Twitch stream once. Um, the link between martial arts and mental health is that there's a family feel in certain martial arts. Um, hmm. generally Brazilian ones because Brazilian jiu jitsu I find has similar. It's it's like you at the beginning you shake hands to everyone, so that there's yeah. kind of you're made to you're almost made to be part of the family. And uh, it, Brazilian martial arts seem to have that ingrained in them seemingly more than a lot of other ones. Um, judo can be like that, but it's not It's not kind of, it, it's not automatic. Whereas I think Brazilian ones seem to be your automatic, which I suppose makes sense for capoeira because of the whole reason for capoeira existing. You, you basically made a community around around it because the Dutch, the Dutch never wanted to um, attack any of the, um, settlers after they came after the Portuguese, so it was they 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 said it was worse than fighting the Portuguese was going near a a, a camp with capoeira. So <laughs> there was a very kind of let's keep our culture and keep everything together. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean capoeira itself had a uh, bit of a because um, for a time in Brazil, um, like I think I'm gonna say like 
around the like 20s up to like the 50s or so um i might be wrong um apologies if i am but um capoeira was illegal in brazil um so the only people who practiced capoeira were like the uh, street gangs mm. um and some of the some of the techniques from capoeira um obviously were changed in that transition from its original version to um street via to street like defense to a martial art like um one move called the Ocampasso, the stingray um is so called because uh people would put a razor blade between their between their big toe and their like next toe and as the kick came in from behind the back um it would be around head level and basically slit their throat with it nice yeah like if you get caught by a by a compasso it's a full like full rotation and obviously back in those times get straight get cut yeah i mean and obviously um like then it went from like it went from a period obviously capoeira not being exactly trusted by the community to it's massive um like chain massive like um expansion into a load of other countries um for example, obviously, um, as you've probably seen, there is quite a overlap between uh, capoeira and breakdancing. Yeah. Like some of the breakdancing moves are stuff that we use in a either a either a play or a defense scenario, and it's not a clear kind of like link between them because I believe at the time in which breakdancing was coming into its own, capoeira was still illegal or had recently come back. So, so in my head, so my my um, my master's, my first master's degree was um, on um, resistance, practice of resistance, the case of the martial hmm. arts, and one of them I did it on was capoeira. Um, so my my actual knowledge of the art in terms of fighting is fuck all, but in terms of the history of it is is a lot better. I, from what I remember, it was illegal from the end of slavery pretty much until 1930, but it wasn't yeah. fully it wasn't fully kind of put into um acceptance or like it's it wasn't part of the, um a, a culturally recognized thing there's a better word for that um until like <laughs> the two, until like the 2000s like i think it was like if you if you looked at it in terms of this is inbuilt into our culture i swear it was the 2000s so even though it was decriminalized in like the 30s it was still had a massive amount of time when it just wasn't accepted even then so yeah it's quite possibly like um our group um group mazenza is uh, one of the biggest capoeira groups in the world mm. um so obviously we've got a huge history like we've got um like the um like obviously some of the uh, original masters coming from certain areas of brazil like there are different variants as well like yeah. um like uh angola i believe there's a debate as to whether it counts as its own like distinctive like martial art distinctive style of capoeira or whether it is even capoeira in the first place yeah like yeah. there are lots of questions and not very many answers to give for anyone... or not very many consistent ones yeah i mean for anyone listening to give a um a quick priest uh Pre on on what we mean here is basically when the Portuguese invaded Brazil and kind of took it over and outlawed fighting, 
uh, they outlawed um, any any kind of cultural interaction. You couldn't kind of keep anything from your own culture, as a as a way of um, defending themselves and keeping their culture together. People created this. Who do I offend? This dance called my <laughs> called capoeira, um, which also in with the dance movement and in with the sounds, it, it hid a lot of um, very um, effective strikes. Um, and and yeah, I mean, at the time it was, was really, it was it was seen as a dance, as it was a dance, a, yeah. like practiced as that, as that, and then it just had, it was yeah, yeah, and it had the music behind it, so it was it was keeping the culture of of Africa alive. And so, what Andrew means there by the distinction is because obviously, depending on where you were brought over as a slave, there might be more people from a certain area of Africa in one part of Brazil. Given that Brazil is what the second or third largest country in the world, so it's a massive place. Um, and hmm. then you, know, you can have a sec another section that has people from completely different size. So although there was a lot of similarities in different bits, there are distinctions, massive distinctions between them because hmm. of that. Um, and it was so, like, like I said, it was so effective that the the Dutch, when they came over to try and do anything, just fucking avoided um, <laughs> anyone doing capoeira because I was like, this is this is worse than fighting the Portuguese. So um, I just thought I'd add that because there might have been people going, well, isn't it all the same like you do with some things? But no, the capoeira has like an umbrella term, but then there'll be people from all different systems, similar to what you have in judo, karate, because they're just subsets when they go down to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously, you look at um, look at karate as a whole like it's um even the term karate it just means empty hand mm. um and obviously it depending on where you are in japan where you are in other countries like it could be almost an entirely different style in some cases yeah there's you can find them on youtube actually of, of like side to side people doing okinawan um shotokan koku shinkai and doing the same same movement mm. and just seeing how different it is even like compared to each other God. it's amazing kyoka shinkai is like um one of my one of my friends who i've known since um college um who was a long time like sparring partner of mine not just in martial arts but also in like hema and sword fighting as well um historical european martial arts for anyone who doesn't know yeah. um like he did kyoka shinkai karate when he was um like getting his training and obviously in the way he did it in his system to get to your next belt you had to uh defeat someone of that belt yeah. um <laughs> and he basically managed to um he basically managed to skip his way up a good few belts because he'd been doing the training he'd been doing the um movements all the uh cutter and then decided to um, give this guy of several belts higher um, a challenge and knocked him out with a hook kick to the back of the head. Is, is Which the was way... not, the, not the cleanest way of doing it, but yeah, I mean, it was a, effective. effective. Yeah, I mean, it's, mm. it, it used to be that way for most of judo as well. I fought my mm. way to my first few belts. Um, not that way anymore. And that's actually kind of back onto the point as well is that even the way that, that from that, so judo used to have, you fight someone, you you, you prove you can do it, but it's not yeah. like that anymore because nowadays, no, 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 you just need to show us this and you have a willing, um, a willing partner. It's like, yeah, but I don't want them to be willing. If I, you know, <laughs> I, I want to show I can actually do this because the point is, is that if I have a willing, um, if you're training someone, yes, you want someone willing just for the first bits to show you how to do it. 
But mm. then as it gets worse is usually when I call out, right, check with your partner if they want to now resist because you should have mm. the resist. And if you're training to the next level, that's why I think the, the false hope comes in because you start to think, oh, yeah, no, I can do all this. Well, of course you can do it because they'll let you do it. Whereas, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> totally different if someone's trying not to let you do it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's... I remember um, I remember recently, actually, um, I say recently, it's honestly probably last year at this point, considering <laughs> we've lost everything year, yeah, going, yeah. oh, God, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, I've got a very fine-tuned, like, uh, like preservation instinct so I'm not always the best person to uh, try and demonstrate moves on I enjoy having moves demonstrated on me because sometimes you just like land and you like slap down it's like oh that's a nice jolt consider <laughs> it like jolt me awake kind of thing yeah um not quite that bad but occasionally if like I see a, a part of a move and I'm not sure where the moves finished and where it's just putting on the application I've uh, ducked out of it or like twisted around it and Madeira's always just carries on puts me down and then it's like all right now let me actually do this so that you can so that everyone knows what they're doing see I'm like I'm I am a bit stuff. Just, um, yeah I did get I did get caught out with that a few times, especially in the first few months training with them, where yeah. it was like, yeah, I should let you do this because honestly, it's better for me. Yeah. Um, but when it came to that groundwork session, the one in which he um, like just pinned me to the floor for a minute and then waited for me to lose all my energy, mm. um, like he's got probably like 15, 20 kilograms on me or did at the time. So what's I was that, trying to push. Own it. What's that in proper money? 15, 20 kilograms. What's that in pounds and stone? Because I don't know. Oh kilograms. God, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to have to check. You carry on. I'm going to check that now just because um, I, I mean, people seem to know kilograms now, but I have no goddamn idea because I'm old school. Um, 20... I mean, I'd, I prefer the metric system just because it makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just old but... um, <laughs> okay so it's it's oh jesus okay it's like 44 pounds for 20 kilos okay so a big wow. big advantage yeah yeah that's what yeah three, i mean three stone three stone basically yeah okay um but when i was training with kashada who is a very similar build to me like he's probably my weight or give or take like a, a few pounds kilograms whatever measurement we're using yeah um like he's very much a like nails the nails the theoretical side really good like instructor um but his offensive practice against someone who's doing a different style needs a bit of work because yeah. we were doing groundwork and i was like um all right we're gonna practice this i'm gonna try and get you down into a hold and then keep you there make you submit um and like I wasn't gonna let him I wasn't gonna let him actually get me to submit. So we'd start off in a position where obviously you're close to pulling off like an armbar or something. Hmm. And then it was like, okay, from this position, where are you going? Um and it got to the point where I'd be either putting him in a um putting him in an arm lock or putting him in a headlock. Um I'd managed to make his mouth bleed just by catching his teeth on the way down yeah. um 
but when I get into it, when I get like competitive, I'm like, let me just use whatever I can to win this. Um, but we got up, let helped him up, like obviously shook hands after and absolutely nothing. Yeah. It was a respectful, um, respectful interaction after I'd made him bleed. Um, yeah, putting him in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the thing is, is that I, I've known people that are on both sides of that. So some that cannot do the practical, but if you fight them, they've got it because they've adapted. And this is the thing I try and teach. Um, but people need to learn the adaptions. You can do something a certain way, and if you're a good ookie and you, you do as you're told, you just do that. But however, obviously, if you resist, there needs to be adaptions. And then I know people the other side that know exactly how it should be done but they can't do it um it's like it's the reason that people get so confused about aikido um it's the reason people dislike aikido because they go well it doesn't work because they're throwing themselves out of it yes because they don't want their wrists broken um there's actually on youtube there's um there's a great clip and i wish i could um I, I wish i could find it again but it basically had side by side the um in dojo version of a move and because people always say oh it's never used in mma the MMA version that somebody like they literally showed you. No, this has been used in fights. It's just that it doesn't look anything like it because the person didn't know to to, to fall or to throw themselves, and so you just see their arm broken. And you get people going, "Oh yeah, but it's not effective." No, it has a it has its as the same as any martial art. It has its place. Like you're not going to try and stop a punch using an aikido arm. However, if you're in a grip, then you're going to do it. As I've always said, if you're in a if you're in a fight in a bar don't grab a guy that does Aikido. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Punch him in the face. You know, there's <laughs> everything has its place, but people get so confused and people then try and emulate what they see and they assume what they see is right. Um, yeah, I mean, they try and repeat it, you know? I mean, I've always, I've always thought that in terms of, in terms of martial arts, like one play to your strengths two adapt to your opponent. Yes. Like, um, my mates trained with um, Scholar Gladiatori, or if you know him, he's a, um, a sword fighting instructor in a German longsword. Um, in a in a two handed in a like two handed engagement um, where we're both using a like two handed style, he can fuck me up any time. Like I've I've gotten better at it because obviously I've had enough practice, mm. but. If I try and attack him with his own style, either we're going to mirror each other because we're that used to it, yeah. or he's basically come close to breaking any of the limbs he managed to hit on the way. Like when we trained with wooden swords, um, like the Bokken, the uh, like old hardwood swords, um, there's no difference between the way he applies it in a real situation to when he applies it in sparring. The amount of force is exactly the same. Um, so I ended up when I was younger with a lot of bruises from that. Um, the one time I was highlighting his leg defense when we were using Shenai, which obviously the bamboo version is more of whiplash than a blunt force trauma. Yeah. But um, I hit him in the legs enough times and the femoral nerves on the side that he couldn't get up for 20 minutes after he collapsed. So like... It was very much uh, if we're going to if we're going to fight, we're not going to like pull back our punches. Um, but I find that when he is a fencing style against him and he's trying to use two handed style, I win about eight out of ten times. 
because it's what I, one, it's what I know, two, it's adapted to move around him. Because if a hit is going to take you out, you just get out the way of the hit. Yeah, it's yes. Common okay, sense anyone, on the sorry, street. Sorry, any of my students listening there, get out the <laughs> fucking way. Someone tries to punch you, move. Okay, Joey knew mm. it in Friends. Um, so sorry, it's <laughs> the amount of people that try and block stationary. No, deflect the fucking... Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's why I learned... Um, that's why I went on from karate to learn judo and yes. capoeira and other martial arts. Movement, because yeah. I like karate. It's a really good, like, foundational, solid style. But I always found it too rigid. Yes. It was the strikes were rigid the uh movements were if i was up against someone who was putting a lot more force into it and i tried to rigidly block then that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually had um so the person that set up the self-defense society at the university um he was in his very first session with me he'd done krav maga and he'd just been told to statically block and i just went won't work oh yeah no no i've been training for a long time now it's definitely going to work so okay block me and i just went like not full force but just went bang and just hit him and he just got knocked backwards he just went but but i was like yeah because i'm bigger than you just blocking me one i didn't even do any kind of i didn't actually put any technique in that i just hit you and that's the problem is you're doing it krav maga like that the civilian krav maga is helpful against someone who doesn't know anything but there's a reason that only, they only teach civilian Krav Maga in the UK. <laughs> um, you have to have been like you have to have been in groups like mine where it's non-civilian or be in, you know, it because the, Krav Maga, as it was always taught to me, was there are 15 moves. They're all killing moves. So, of course, we can't teach you normally if it's <laughs> civilian. So um, that's not ever good Krav Maga, by the way. It's just that he that's what he did. But, you know, anything that gives you that static ability of doing that, you need to move. If somebody's going to hit you, move it the fucking way. I mean, it's, even if you go for simple old school, because um, I used to do um, and I used to teach uh, Bartitsu, so obviously um, British martial art, even simple slipping in, you're still moving, even though the, you're, it's, the punch is there, you're still sli slipping in to hit them. Um, yeah. It's also, by the way, one of the funniest martial arts to, to watch purely because it is very, very effective, but it looks like something from Victorian England because it is. And so it, it looks very non-effective and it's brilliant to watch. Um, it looks a little bit like Wing Chun sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes, yes. Uh, yeah. Because, we, well, the, the, I think the big thing, the big difference. So E.W. Barton Wright had come back from the East when he created it. And he basically just took everything from everywhere, like Swiss German, um, Japanese, China, everything. Um, and mm. when he does it, there's a there's a, a thing that both um, the Chinese martial arts styles and Bartitsu specifically have in common is that their punches go through them, not a swing of the hips. Whereas most other martial arts, you, you move your body in through your hips, whereas Wing Chun and Bartitsu move forwards. They go into the person and your body pushes through. So it's not one, it's not one part of you that moves your body, it's your entire body moving you. Um, I think that's why it, it seems similar to Wing Chun because it has that same, this is the direction you're going. That's, you know, that's the way they do it. Um, so it's far more, it, it's there to push someone into a corner, whereas other martial arts are there to kind of knock someone there and, you know, it's, that's where the, the similarity, I think. Yeah, really I mean, when I, when I trained Wing Chun for a little while, um, I did it for, I think, maybe about uh, anywhere between six months to a year. Um, 
time was a bit weird at the time. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I love about it and one of the things that I still use in like, um, like certain engagements is if you're within their range, like their arms are like here or something and you're inside that, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> just jab them. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I so I I have um, one of the students I, I I taught for a while um, at the university. His background in striking comes from taekwondo, so I came with a pugilistic bajitsu punching approach, which is just straight, and hmm. it is that kind. Of, and he just went, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Work. I was like, come here, <laughs> just like take the pad, bang, and he's just going to go. Up, up, up. Well, you knocked me, but it doesn't work. I'm like, it, it's there. It's a great um, cognitive dissonance that, that that is created in the. I have not, I've been taught this for so many years that this shouldn't work. Why does it work? Um, but it is, it is really funny. Yeah, it's, it's, and as we said, I mean, it's if me and you four, you would know because you know some of my background, not to allow yourself to get in certain areas for me because of pugilistic approach. You'd know that my striking is relatively good. Your best bet with me would be to stay low. In the same way as for you, I would want to get to your side away from the ability of being thrown so it's as you say you adapt to the person you're doing it and that's why you have to put adaptions in and that's why you have to learn the adaptions and i think that's what's taken away um nowadays with um with you know martial arts and self-defense is that it's this idea of immediate gratification i've seen it on mma i've seen conor mcgregor do this i've seen you know mayweather do this i therefore i can do it i've seen it on youtube Fuck you, YouTube. I know this is going out on YouTube, but fuck you, YouTube. Um, because it just teaches you bullshit. And the problem is people just try and emulate it. I actually had a lesson once where I was teaching someone and they said, um, it was a simple wrist lock. And they said, um, but I just can't get it. I'm like, no, you're doing well. Like you've been doing it for a few hours. Like you're actually doing pretty well for, like you've done nothing before. And they're like, yeah, but you can just do it. I'm like, no, I, I fucked this kind of like, this is an adaption for me, but this comes from here. And I fucked this up since before your parents met. Like, <laughs> that's how long I have done this wrong to now look like it's easy. I was like, it, it becomes easy because of how many years of being thrown to the ground, have my arm feel like it was going to be broken to be to being knocked out in tournaments to whatever it is. That's how long I've done it. But to everyone else's mind, a, a lot more nowadays, because I don't remember this during the 90s, um, at all which is kind of the, the peak for for when I was going most often and even in the early 2000s I do not remember that same idea of going I've seen it therefore I can do it or getting annoyed that you can't do it like I get if you've been going for a year two years whatever and you're not grading as fast as you want you may kind of go okay what is going on but you you're, you weren't you weren't likely to go oh yeah but this I should just be able to do this like there was still an idea of respect for it and that seems hmm. to have disappeared. Like I had, um, I have, as I say, since uh, Tom Davies sensei come in occasionally. Um, and it was quite amusing because we did, um, we were just showing her a simple wrist lock. And I put, um, I, I got him to put a wrist lock on me. And I just, uh, because he knows what he's doing, I just dropped and immediately just went, you know, double tap, fucking let go. Um, and you just saw my students go, what? I was like, yeah. Of course, it had can happen. They were just like, yeah, we just thought you were weird. Like, no, 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 no. It's just that none of you have done it because none of you are sticking at it. I was like, that's how simple it becomes after you've done it for a long time. I was like, now Tom has done it for a long time, not as long as me, but he's done it for a long, long time. So it's just repetition. It's just learning. It's just doing it. 
And I just went, and you can, refer, and just reverse it. You can reverse it as well. And you can do this. I'm like, but people don't want to learn. And that's my issue with society at the moment is that they just try and reflect what they think they should be able to do. Like it's on like social media. It's on TikTok, fucking TikTok. We've done a podcast on this before. TikTok, I have no issue with TikTok in general, although it has issues, but there was a, it's now been taken down, but there was an article by The Guardian from one of their editors saying how they'd learned martial arts through TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> like, honestly, it's part of the, it's part of the reason I haven't been able to train very much recently, like in the, with the lockdown and everything is that I haven't got the space, one, I haven't got the space, two, I don't learn very well online. Mm. Like, I learn much better talking to the instructor face-to-face, trying trying out the moves um and just generally like i almost find that i'm an annoying student um in the i get to i kind of work through a move in my head over and over again so like i try it i get to a certain point and then i'm like okay let's try it from there and get that way like i try and work out the entire move as i'm learning it so that it can slot into a position for me mm. like if obviously obviously it becomes subconscious becomes like um muscle memory muscle memory um the way i see it if i've got enough knowledge of where to apply a like what context to apply a move what it works against how it works with the vectors dynamics that kind of thing then when it comes to it then it's it kind of slots in place if that makes sense yeah like my easiest um my easiest movements um that i've always found are throws um so either a hip throw shoulder throw or um a (laughs) i know they're great like especially when especially when you get someone like your size or a bit bigger and they're like you can't throw me and suddenly they're hitting the ground and like yeah yeah, slap your hand down before you do that when i was growing up my favorite movement agoshi as just yeah i was Mm. a big fan (laughs) yeah and and rear naked chokes like Mm. if i can if i can slip under someone's guard slip behind their back then my arm just shoots out straight away like i was training with a guy who was a um like who when i met him um was a junior cage fighter because he was about 16 17 at the time Mm. um and he trained against me because if he landed a hit i was out like he was big he had Mm. like he was quite well-rounded um but he was very bad at actually getting hold of people like i'm i'm difficult to catch as it is but all I had to do was work my way around his defense and then be like, all right, lock, lock, lock. Um, like if he caught me, I'd be down easily. But the point was that I was useful for him trying to take on more slippery opponents who would get through his guard and actually be able to put something on in the first place. And that's Cause... helpful to be in, in person, isn't it? That's the thing. If, that's yeah, why I have, so... you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter how strong they are. Like, if you can if you can slip in, if their arm is like here, mm. then even the biggest biceps in like 
Chris Evans biceps aren't just going to be able to yank you off there. Like if they've got no like no focal point to move around, um, then all of that strength is disengaged. Like you're on a level playing field again. That's what I loved about judo is that once they were once they were down and once you've got a lock on or you've like taken control of their legs or their arms, then it's very much uh, what do I want to do with you now, really? Yeah, and I mean the great thing about judo I always find is that often, like you say, once you're in, that's it. So you can you do have that option, but so much of judo I found was the simplest stuff was often the best stuff to do. That's why it became, that's why it was so easy once you get, once you can get in there, once you can get in there, get hold of them. Um, again, the same reason I said that if, if, if it was me and you adapting to each other, I would go to your side because I don't want you throwing me. Hmm. I know, and that's the thing that you were just saying about is I'm much bigger than you are, but you would throw me because I know you would. Because <laughs> if I'm in, if I'm, if I'm there close enough to you and I'd let myself get in there, there's nothing I can do about it because I'm in that position, so I'm fucked. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to give it away in case we do at some point, but <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, Unless it's hey, a random spa, you know. <laughs> exactly, like a friendly thing. Yeah, like I wouldn't try and I wouldn't try and strike you till you fell down That's because pointless. I'd just be it'd just be like whacking a tree with a blunt axe. Instead, I try and do, I try and make sure that I get into some sort of point in which your maneuverability, your mobility is gone, and then at that point, I can put something like a choke on or a lock. Like my favorite ones to do are the, and I think it's partly because another thing that comes from people who aren't trained is wide swings, perfect oh, yeah. for judo. Yeah, throw a hay, <laughs> throw a haymaker take them down and then once they're down on the floor turn them round and you've got their shoulder pop their arm up and suddenly they're like what am i doing down here <laughs> yeah. well if you don't stop you're about to have your shoulder broken <laughs> yeah it's just there's great pop. adaptions with it and i mean actually we're getting onto that as well is and we talked a bit off camera about this is the difference as well for me is that nowadays mm. i think that more people need self-defense in terms of the harsher side of it where you are dealing with someone who's you know throwing the wild strikes that people actually trying to hurt you um that you, we've tried to adapt for um but they don't like the way in my mind that self-defense should be taught now this is a, a debatable thing that i'm sure you may have completely different thoughts to me in my mind if someone if someone wants to learn self-defense and i don't mean martial arts i mean a specific self-defense style or active you know it's street fighting basically um i i go in with the idea i pretty much start off my is in going i i my best and worst quality for you are exact same thing i'm an asshole because it's my best quality because it means that i'm not going to be nice to you and to be perfectly honest you don't want someone to be nice to you in my mind in terms of self-defense um but it's also the worst because I'm an arsehole so that that's the thing is that with martial arts you can go in and there is although there's respect in self-defense as well of course but where in martial arts you know that if you're you're doing things it's very unlikely your instructor is ever going to be overly harsh or anything like that now we do still obviously in 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 self-defense have double taps we have the way of stopping we all have all that but it's it's far meaner and when i instruct personally i'm a kind of no you do it or you leave 
there's there's no get out clause here you do it or you fuck off because you're of no good if you do, if you're not prepared to learn in the way that you need to learn that's it because in i, I think that's where the idea of being mollycoddled and that society's got a bit softer is that people expect to be able I, i've literally had the lines um oh but isn't that a bit mean said to me so many times when i'm doing self-defense i'm like what do you think exactly is going to happen to you if you don't do this like this isn't a, this isn't a three minute round on on a mat this is an actual like somebody wants to harm you in some way and that's where it becomes more of an issue obviously um some you know it happens in martial arts but i think far worse in, in self-defense it's a psychological battle as well as anything else you need you know you need to make whoever's attacking you think this is not a good idea um and so that's the way i train people is is as a bastard because in my mind you kind of have to now don't get me wrong if someone's actually legitimate they, they're injured they're, they're gonna be you know there's still a duty of care there and you oh of course you know takes it back but if they start with the opinion of going yeah but i'm not going to do that okay you're you're welcome to leave and people always get very surprised especially when i taught in universities and i think that's why i thought about universities in when you say that because i think especially for societies and things like that everyone's about the numbers and so when I'm there, just going, no, it's cool. You can leave. The door's right there. People get really confused of like, but, but you know, you, you've got to do this. No, I don't. I, I, like, I don't need, I have, a, I have a decent reputation in my field in martial arts and self-defense. I'm well known in a field that I need to be known in. I don't need to be the guy that teaches shitty self-defense in a university because you're not prepared to do, do it the way I want to. Simple as that. Um, I'm wondering what your views are because obviously you're coming more from the martial arts side, but how would you see it in terms of if you're learning one or the other and how people have changed maybe their opinion of it nowadays? Um, I, think one th I think one thing that um, like I've noticed a lot, especially in, um, especially like when I was doing karate to um, obviously present day um, doing capoeira when it's on, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is about the um, like there needs to be in a martial art in self-defense as well as much teaching about respect and self-control as there is about the arts and the movements themselves yeah. like that's the big that's I find the biggest problem with martial arts is throwing people out there who are just going to be like look at me i've got all this all these moves i'm gonna try it out once and no self-control like no control of their emotions generally i think that's a problem in gen like the uh, comes from like childhood especially like people don't learn to or they're not mate or they're not like taught to control their emotions they're just like oh you bumped into me in a bar you made me spill my drink i'm gonna have you yeah and yeah, yeah. then probably they don't um yeah and that's where the but, idea of being an arsehole that's why my idea of kind of like you've got to you've got to teach that because of the fact that there are people out there out there like that because i think people don't people think that it's it, it like i've had when i when i was doing teaching in secondary school for a short time i had some kids that would always go oh yeah but you can't do anything you can't do anything oh yeah but and they always seem to think that if they just told someone in a bar we always used to laugh because we someday they're going to be in a bar and they're going to say to someone, yeah, but I'll just sue you. And they're going to get laid the fuck out because people don't have that that way of thinking. 
Sorry, I cut you off totally. They gone. No, no, that's all right. I mean, I think um, like one thing that one thing that always really annoyed me when I was at school was that you get two kids in a fight. Suddenly, about three other kids jump in. Another ten or twenty of them around it, watching on their phones or just going yeah <laughs> or something like that. Like the the whole the whole thing about like fighting sometimes it's like sure it's not a great way to resolve issues like i'm not condoning like solving your issues through punching people but if you're gonna do it and if you're a one-on-one with someone the respect is there you've inherently decided that you're going to personally do something in regards to this person regardless of whether you're defending yourself or whether you're attacking them and there's an there should be an almost unbroken contract there but as soon as you get about four or five guys piling behind you grab your arms like keep you in place and they're just hitting you it's like that's not a fight that's just a bunch of pricks trying to make themselves feel better about something and I think honestly I've always said that martial arts should be taught at schools like even if not I mean, maybe not even in primary school, but definitely in secondary school is you've got a lot of people who are growing up. They're not always in control of their emotions or people need it for confidence to try and like come out their shell. But there are lots of people, um, especially because obviously I went to an all boys school uh, comprehensive in Medway. Mm. Um, there are a lot of people who. I mean, some of them, if I see them on the street at the moment, they've probably still got the emotional maturity of back when they were in school, like in year eight or nine or something. Yeah. Like, you get a lot of people who, like, go in for, like, uh, boxing or, like, kickboxing or something that looks cool because they've seen aggressive guys in MMA do it. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, but where's the self-control? Like, sure, strike... Like they address this on Cobra Kai, like strike far, strike hard, strike foot. Sorry, strike, strike first, strike, strike hard, no mercy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's more like strike first, strike hard, get ten to twenty years. <laughs> like that's not quite how it works in the real world. Sometimes, sometimes you've got to be to, you've got to be in control, mm. and I think especially with all the uh, especially with some of the more preeminent stuff going on like the um obviously black lives matters last year the um vigils going on is that when you've got people who have grown up without that accountability without that self control then they are much more likely to do something irreparable yeah. and a lot of the time it the prison system is just let's put these people away now it's like what could you have done 10 years ago to actually make them like probably try and avoid a lot of this stuff especially when people feel like they're entitled to something and then they're like i'm aggressive i'm entitled i'm going to take what i want like if they're not taught how wrong that is yeah then that's that's a huge issue i mean it should it should be that self-defense is taught in the same way as martial arts in an ideal world Mm. that's what it should be with that same way of thinking but as you say there's so many people now and it's becoming worse and worse we have the the gammon 
um, that is how I describe them, that have, you know, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll punch my mate Dave down the pub, therefore I'm, I'm fucking Conor McGregor. No, you're not, mate. Fuck off. Um, but they have this kind of entitled, and they'll just be a dickhead for no hmm. reason. And you can't expect certain levels of respect there because it's not like, let's say um, you had Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. They fucking hated each other. They still probably really hate each other. However, and it was, he still said dickish stuff around it. However, when Khabib's dad died, Conor McGregor messaged saying, I'm sorry for your loss. Hmm. Probably the only thing he said nice to him, but there was still, there's still respect. He still knows the guy is this. And that's, that's the difference for me in that because they both come from martial arts backgrounds, one of them more successful than the other, but they do both come from good, you know, grounded martial arts backgrounds. But then, so for me, when I'm teaching um, self-defense, it's far more of that's not who we're dealing with. That's not the person you've got to worry about. In martial arts, that's who you're dealing with. You know, there's, you know, that you can do that. In self-defense, it's like, no, no, no. It's the guy that wasn't taught this. They didn't have the lessons at secondary school. They aren't, you know, so that's where I think, that's why I tend to switch my approach. So when I'm teaching, when I, when I used to teach martial arts to self-defense, martial arts was very much kind of, oh, no, 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 we, we don't like this. Yeah. And there's much more respect. Whereas for self-defense, I switched it always to be, no, that's not what happens. Like, this is what happens. So whenever somebody says, oh, yeah, I've got it. Okay, now do it with me. Now let's see if you've really got it. Now let's push it. And now let's push you a bit more. And do, and I find, like, I've had people say, I had somebody earlier say, literally, um, they, they left because they didn't like the way I taught. And I'm like, that's great. But I was homeless twice. I've been in street fights in, with involving knives. I've, I've had, like, I've seen that reality. They've seen Riverdale on TV. That's the difference. You know, that, and that's why I, in my mind, I'm, I'm always kind of like, and this could be a generational thing as well. I mean, although I am an elder millennial, I'm a millennial. Um, my parents were born during the Second World War. So in the way I was brought up, I was, I was brought up in, with, the, with the viewpoints and everything else of about five different generations. <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm a mix of, because I'm, I'm going to university at different times as well, I've, I'm a mix of Gen Z, millennial, Gen X, boomer, and fucking the, the great generation. Like, I'm a mix of all of that. So I still have the kind of, no, it's, it's hard knocks. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what your opinion would be on that. Like, I would like it to be that they can both be the same, that people did have that respect. And I think, like you say, if we taught people in schools from early on and we got rid of that, the bullshittery, then hmm. I think that potentially we could do it. But whilst we don't and whilst the laws in this country in terms of, say, um, reasonable force are as fucked as they are, hmm. um, I think personally, for specifically self-defense, not self-defense as part of a martial art, but specifically self-defense, when you are dealing with, this is something you worry about because of the part of the country you live in or whatever like that, that you have to be a bit more of a dickhead. I don't know if you agree. I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I think what my uh, first karate sensei said in terms of why he started karate and why he teaches it in the first place mm. is he fights, he knows how to fight, so he doesn't have to fight. Yeah. Because if he can command that kind of presence, if he can get across that kind of like, like danger, then a lot of people with just enough common sense um, are going to be like, 
okay, maybe let's not. Yeah. But <laughs> there are still going to be people who are either like entitled enough, angry enough, desperate enough, regardless of the motivations, who are going to try and do something. And if you're in a if you're in that situation and you've been trained since you were younger um the like levels of levels of self-defense needed but also the control to not just you know kill this person yeah yeah definitely like, like never do that you could yeah like the most obviously easiest easiest sequence of movements i'd find someone comes in for a swing you put them on the floor and then you try and either make it so they can't move and then run away or you just run away before they've even hit the ground well okay before they like, really go, i was going to say because that, that's something that's yeah. always put into into the head and i like the fact that you started that by saying make it so they can't run after you because i have a, yeah my way to, because anybody wondering anyone listening or watching and going well no that's not why i'm taught i'm taught run away that's fine unless say i'm the person that's attacked you and i happen to be a marathon runner <laughs> run away from me then like it's the person that's a this person that's mugged you isn't a, a 90 year old guy with a, a zimmer frame it's a it's usually a young relatively young fit person who can probably run you down now they're just pissed <laughs> off um so <laughs> sorry carry on yeah just... yeah it's like it's like the the best case scenario is to put them on the ground run away when you've when they're heading towards the ground and you've got a head start or make it so they can't run after you um but obviously you still need a certain level of self-control there in that yes you are defending yourself but if you suddenly like flip them so that they're on their chest you bend down and break their neck like that is a bit disproportionate to the oh yeah um yeah yeah, yeah like when i say being I, a dickhead i don't mean <laughs> i don't mean like teach teaching someone to be a dickhead i mean is having a a harsher response but not too excessive. So in, in the, I, I mean, for me, if there's a, if there's someone that is, so it's actually the first thing you said, it's to make sure, for instance, that the person on the floor can't get back up. They are held down by something. They have a ankle broken, um, anything <laughs> like that. Something so that they can't run after you. So in my mind, that's it. Whereas I have never been... I haven't done every martial art on the planet, but I've never been to a martial art where that is taught as a as a reasonable thing to do. And I think that's the difference in that you have to be in a, a mindset and you have to put people in a mindset where that is a thing in your head because that is for your own safety. Like, and mm. I know this is why reasonable force is fucked in this country because reasonable force is not understood by judges because judges aren't martial artists or self-defense experts. Um, they just go, oh, but you're you were this, and therefore you didn't need to do this. No, 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 you're not. Like they they learn their martial arts from Cobra Kai, um, and I think that's <laughs> that's what I meant. That just to, just to clarify, I wasn't saying kill anyone. I just meant you're a bit more of a dickhead. Basically, was the way of thinking. Oh yeah, no, definitely. But I think one other thing that will um, that would help if obviously kids were taught martial arts from a young age. Mm. Um, is not just the respect for themselves, but the respect for each other. Yeah. And also a decent sense of right and wrong. Like, I'm not talking like you're going to be like a, um, be like kind of Jesus, kind of like all that is holy figure. But 
if you're someone who's been raised in a martial arts background with respect for yourself, respect for others, and you're down an alley, you see a person getting attacked, then it could make the difference as to whether you do anything or not with that person, like, gets away or not. So, like, I remember reading about a, um, like, uh, consent training done in Nairobi, which obviously is a uh, place with huge, like, numbers of, like, sexual assaults, rapes, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And within six months, the number of reports of sexual assault dropped by about uh, maybe 30% or something. The amount of kids who obviously grow up and then step in when they're like, no, this isn't right. Like just learning that basic kind of these are the boundaries. This is what you do when someone's breaking that boundary. Like that could make the difference in so many cases. Absolutely. I mean, actually, and, and with with the self-defense as well, I am very much of the equal footing, as it is in most martial arts, of strikes, punches, throws, anything you're doing should be equal for anybody. The main reason is somebody outside in the street isn't going to say, oh, yeah, but she's only four foot 11. I better not do anything. They're going to go, great, she's four foot 11. And so I, I tend to people dislike that. And of course, I do make sure, you know, are you happy with this? Is this is this OK with you? This is what we'd like to do. If it's not, we can. You know, I'm not like that. So I think that's a boundary that has to be made. Sure. That's the one thing I would say in terms of self-defense is if you um, if you have someone that has any background or if they just have a genuine fear of it, don't force the way they train like that. Um like in terms of their opponent, because there could be some genuine um, trauma there. Um, like, for instance, I know that I've had people that I've uh, trained with me who have been the subjects of um, of some form of assault. And so for that very reason, I did not teach them certain things. The main reason being is that it was someone who was a tall, broad-shouldered, six-foot-plus male. So me doing anything with them could have been traumatic. And so I literally said um, to someone else that had had background and had, could you please, I know that you're capable of doing this. Could you please show this for this? If you need to take them to the side, that's absolutely fine. So th- there is levels there. Like, there's still respect in how you do it, but you do have to say, if you are comfortable with this, or even suggest to somebody that's been under the trauma, if at some point you feel you can do this, always making sure as well that if somebody, if you instill the double tap, for instance, that people understand. And if somebody doesn't let go, if somebody doesn't, whatever with a double tap, they are gone. Um, yeah. You instill that so that people are safe with it, but people get used to the idea of, okay, I can, I can defend against this. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I also think on the flip side of it as a, as a weird way of doing it it also means that big guys who may have been the entitled people we talked about beforehand suddenly realize fuck she can actually fight back and Mm. you know people that are have bought you know they've been brought up in that dickhead mentality think actually this is something that isn't actually good for my health as well as everything of respect as well as the simple respect we've also got to deal with the fact that dickheads exist and it teaches dickheads that actually stuff isn't gonna be that simple um you know it's i think that's that's the way you do it is that you, you yeah you know. i mean it's definitely it's definitely preferable that people realize those boundaries in the first place that 
there's the understanding of and that's something that isn't taught enough in schools well the understanding of respect autonomy uh people's consent yeah like you can teach consent to a kid they grew up with that it's a lot lot easier but if if what it takes is someone who doesn't otherwise apply by those rules or someone who breaks those consensual boundaries to maybe end up in some kind of end up in a rough situation and then not do it again mm. then that's better than them try them doing it or succeeding in the first place like if it's if it's a case of they attack someone and then someone comes in to help and they get fucked up like their choice was originally to try and do that if the if the consequences of that choice are in a case of they don't get away with it or they end up in it they end up like fucked up by someone then that's entirely on them after they made that choice yeah and that's again any of my students it's (laughs) basically if if you've made the choice to do something like that to someone you are the one that's made the mistake that's the way I, i i tend to think about it is if you have gone out of your way to be a danger to someone you're the one that's made the mistake it's my it's my responsibility to make sure the people I train show you your mistake. Um, and that's the way, the, way, the way I look at it is, you know, that's why I'm quite harsh with it. And so I think in general nowadays, my, my way of thinking is we need that balance. We need it so that people understand the boundaries in training. People work to those. And also it should be the case that, um, although this is, this would be taught slightly differently, it should be the case that um, we give the... Um, the words we get we give the ability to people who aren't comfortable to be able to talk up against us if we are doing something they go i i actually this i i I, this reminds me of something i don't want to really you know they we should agency fuck it got that yeah we should be giving them the agency to be able to um to talk up as well because that's needed we need that on both sides because sometimes you won't recognize it if it's something that you've been brought up with is completely normal which is you know you don't know it's anything else but you know for instance most of the most of judo for instance is very close quarters and it could be mm. that you're doing something and actually that's really freaking that person out when you're holding them down so okay now we need to adapt now we need to do it now we need to learn together um so i, I think at the moment we have it either one way or the other we have you know we have the mma gyms and i don't mean that there are good mma gyms out there don't get me wrong there are good ones out there but to the, the shitty McDojos that pop up all the time that just have the kind of kill mentality. Um, but then we also have, from my way of thinking about it, as the two soft places that are just going to go, oh, it's all going to be lovely and we just do this and uh, that overly cater for it. We, we need to realise that, yes, we need to be respectful. Yes, we need to make sure that people are safe. But at the same time, we need to make sure they're safe if someone attacks them because the person attacking them doesn't think like that otherwise they wouldn't attack them <laughs> and that's i think that's the thing we need to find a balance and i don't think that's been found yet but i think we've started to move away we we've rather than i think martial arts and self-defense and the mentality of people coming into martial and self-defense hasn't changed along with society that it's not been adapted so people have learned of being being a certain way but it hasn't moved to adapt with 
what it needs to be. And I think that's where we need to start to, to do it. And I th as you say, teaching from a young age and all of this helps everyone change. Um, mm. So that's, you know, that's, that's the thing that is always good. I think it, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the, it should be primary school, but that's because of when I learned. So. Oh, um, I mean, I, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. I think like... it's great, you know, for nothing else, if we, if we strip back everything, like everything else, it help you be able to fall over and not get hurt like <laughs> yeah nothing I mean, else <laughs> not just that but also the capacity to stay healthier as well yeah. within reason obviously yes um i think also the um i think especially at like secondary school onwards i guess the um like segregation based on like archaic gender roles um for lack of a better phrase like you're going to be attacked by someone who maybe isn't the same as you in any sense. Like it is, it is still, I mean, obviously it's something that is just a serious on a, just serious on every note. Mm. Um, so being able to train with, to make that bond with and defend yourself against all types of people is much much more like effective than splitting you into groups and then being like okay defend yourselves against people like you yeah like it's generally i think that there shouldn't be a kind of there shouldn't be a kind of like um like gendered approach in terms of training for martial arts and self-defense because in in most cases, obviously, you have the same five limbs. You've got your head, you've got your arms, you've got your legs. You are able to use them in the same way that someone else is. Yeah. You're able to use them in every way you can use them. And obviously, if you're going to be attacked by someone who's a lot bigger than you, a lot heavier than you, then if you've trained that for years then that's a much better, you've got a much better chance of getting through that encounter. Absolutely. Or perhaps turning it round. Yeah. Like there is nothing I like seeing more than someone trying to attack someone who they have vastly underestimated, regardless of who it is or what their intentions are. Like if they try and attack someone and then all of a sudden they're like, well, this was a very bad choice. It is satisfying to watch sometimes. I think I've said this on a podcast before, but it's one of my favourite stories. Um, is I had someone who basically was trying to start a fight with a friend of mine. So this is this is the kind of people not realising. Somebody tried to start trying to fight with my with a mate of mine, and I I could see in my mate's eyes that he was going to swing for him. So I just grabbed the guy and threw him and just went, "Look, fuck off!" Um, and he basically and I never thought I'd ever hear these words. This kid just went, "Do you know who my brother is?" Oh fuck's sake one of these great okay I, like, I don't know and i don't care and he ran off to get his brother and this guy came back like he was some kind of fucking mafia don with two guys either side of him it was hilarious however the second this guy saw me he smacked his brother around the back of the head because i then realized i used to train him and so he's literally just gone and i could hear him with his brother just going don't you ever fucking do that to me again and it's, it's that moment where this brother's going, yeah, my, my brother's going to deck you. His brother came out and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> but it, it happens. And, you know, that's the case. I mean, I've never had, I've never hit the ground harder than when I was um, about 13. 
and I was doing judo. Uh, we used to basically, if we talked too much in class or anything like that, if we were distracting, they'd get the two people that were being distracting to each other to spar at the end of it. I have never hit the ground harder than from uh, Victoria, who was one, one or two belts lower than me, very slight. And I was being a fucking bloke at 13 and just going, yeah. <laughs> and then I found myself in the air. Um, so <laughs> you just, you, it happens. It really does happen. I know people like to go, oh, yeah, but this, that, and the other. No, it's just not, that's just not the case. I know plenty of people. Um, male, female, or you know, or, or whatever, that will happily beat the crap out of me and Andy. They just can, and it doesn't matter because they've learned like that. For instance, probably wouldn't take on Ronda Rousey in judo. You know, oh, well, probably I'm wouldn't take on Ronda Rousey in general. Really. Well, yeah, but I mean, specifying that, I mean, I know I've heard people go, oh yeah, but that, if you were bigger, you'd just do it. No, you fucking wouldn't. No, no. you would not. There's a specifics. I am not stepping onto that map. Fuck that. Um, you know, it just happens like that, and I think. You know, we need yeah, to... I mean, I've I think I've told you before, like my grandma's been doing. Um, she's yes. oh well, oh she's like eight. I'm gonna say eighty something now, just so that I don't offend her if she listens <laughs> to this. Um, I I was talking to her earlier today, and she was talking about how obviously, like, she's been doing Tai Chi for so long, like it is a exercise, a like method of meditation that sped up is a very dangerous martial art. Hmm. Like, she managed to fall, de fall down a flight of stairs on holiday, land on her arm, didn't break it. And this was when she, this was when she was like the late 70s, probably, yeah, late 70s, like just turned before she was 80, landed on it, it was bruised, that was it. Hmm. Like, you get an 80-year-old woman who falls down a flight of stairs and suddenly like, well, it's my time. Yeah, it's that health and fitness uh, to put it, about. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, she's scary. Like, <laughs> I remember when uh, me and my brother used to fight a lot because um, my brother was... <laughs> my brother was very much, uh, like, gets angry, starts swinging. He's right. mellowed out a lot in the past, like, God knows how many years. Mm. But whenever we'd start, I remember this one time when we were just tussling by the like by the door by the lounge she walked in she was just like stop we were like, fuck now we're in for it because <laughs> she sounded very scary at that point very disappointed and it's like despite the fact she plays the little old lady card far too much you know that if someone came across her wrong in the street that they wouldn't end up in a good place Oh yeah, it's like, like those things you see on on online all the time. Like there was a, a funny one of um, in Italy, this guy with like a proper man bun just taking a piss out of the old guy because there's an old guy in the gym, and the guy looked about eighty. I mean, he was old, he was small, he was crouched over, and basically just pissed this old guy off. And they'll go, okay, fine, I'll get in the ring, do it with me. And the guy just went at him, and then <laughs> afterwards they figured out that actually the guy they'd been taking the piss out of was a former Olympic boxer, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, and it is is quite it is quite satisfying. I mean, it's a very British thing as well. Always always betting the underdog, you know. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think one thing I one thing I found really inspiring about my grandma is that she's obviously over eighty. Um, she's had both her jabs now, um, but honestly, it's not like she was really in much danger of it in the first place. Like she's extraordinarily healthy. Like mm. she's. 
um, semi-retired teaching people um, with like movement difficulties, mental health issues. Um, and she's just like, like at her age, still being able to move perfectly fine. And the terrifying thing is she's got a metal disc in her back because she uh, like came off a, um, like had an accident when she was skating when she was younger, um, shattered one of her vertebrae, got a metal disc implanted. You'd never be able to tell that like a section of her spine isn't real. Um, but she can get to that age. She can get to like uh, 80 or whatever she is now um, <laughs> and still be in exception, like good condition. Like I think she's only been ill like maybe once in the last couple of years or so. Um, and it's like the way you, the way you treat yourself, the way you look after yourself as you grow up, like that makes huge amount of difference. Yeah. Especially like um, my Nana who um, recently went in um, July, June, July, end of June, start of July. Um, she was quite, she was over 90. Um, but my grandma's been dying her hair since she was about 25 or so when it started going white. She hates looking old or feeling old or anything to do with age really. Um, me. <laughs> and the two of them, the two of them have about maybe seven has, sorry, about seven years difference between them. Mm. Um, and people would come up, people came up to them at like festival asking if they were mother and daughter, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can imagine like, it's only that small difference in lifestyle. Um, like my grandma didn't even start Tai Chi till she was 60. Um, but that small difference in lifestyle massively changed the way that they ended up. Like, my grandma's very healthy. Honestly, if anyone's going to make it past 100, it'll be her. Um, I think it's, it's, like, visible, it's definitely a visible thing. I mean, I think it, it happens in young life. I mean, I've, I get mistaken. I mean, I've been doing it for so long. I get mistaken for younger than I am a lot. And I, like I say, I've been training for pretty much my life you know it's four years old um and, I, and most people that i know that do martial arts or have done it for a significant amount of time always seem generally healthier they're you know they're out doing something or that you could mistake them for much younger there's just a, a, something about it and there is a uh, like i did it on my on my twitch channel if anyone um i'm just going to selflessly plug here but fuck it this is my podcast um twitch.tv forward slash up the number four, the challenge. I actually did um, recently a stream on um, the link between um, martial arts and mental health. And I actually gave some of the um, the research because there is research in it. It isn't just the ramblings of some random um, idiot from the South of England. Like it is there is actual research behind it. A lot of research across a lot of decades about, you know, just how it, in terms of self-confidence, in terms of overall fitness, just everything about it shows it. So you, yeah, absolutely. If we do it from that young age, it just means that little change can mean somebody lives longer in general. Somebody is nicer to other people. Somebody is just, you know, society in general would get better, I think. Um, and I'm sure there's people out there going, oh, fucking hippie, lefty bastards. Yeah, fuck you. I don't care. Like, it's just true. It's just true. Um, you know, it's... I know I may look and sound like a Tory, guys. I'm not. Um, you know, th I think this is definitely something that 
that would help people if we did those little things. And it, it almost doesn't matter what martial art it is, as long as it is one that is a real martial art. So, you know, mm. it, if it's not a McDojo, basically, um, I also would say it, it shouldn't be self-defense from a young age. I think self-defense is important, but if everyone's doing martial arts from a young age, it'd be a very different self-defense, but also because of certain things you have to be in the mindset of doing, you don't want them in the mindset of someone whose mind isn't better developed, um, basically. You want it to be older so that they can, there's a more of a reason between right and wrong in how they do things. Um, yeah, like the emotional, the emotional maturity, maturity that yeah, just exactly. like some adults don't even end up, don't that, like have in the true. end. That's very true. I mean, you know, we're in Kent, so yeah. Most of the gammon seem to come from here. But, uh, you know, so it's it's that kind of way of thinking. But I, I think other than that, generally martial arts, you know, whether it's judo, whether it's karate, whether it's tai chi, you know, wing chung, bartitsu, whatever you want to do, it's, hmm. it all has its place in there. And actually, you can make most of them really fun for younger people as well. I mean, if you wanted to, for instance, I mean, going back to my, martial, my specific martial art that I taught, bartitsu, there are so many people in America that do it as a steampunk. Like you can literally get kids to dress up in Victorian clothing and do it. Like you can make a fun thing out of it. It can be a project. Yeah, I mean, Sherlock Holmes was exactly. a master of Bartitsu. He was. Do you know why? Do you know why? This is a great one. No? I think it's something, something to do with Arthur Conan Doyle, wasn't it? It is. So basically, um, Arthur Conan Doyle always hated Sherlock Holmes. So he killed him off as quickly as he could. But after he got killed off, he needed to bring him back because everyone complained. And um, yeah, after... the Reichenbach falls. Yes. Now, yeah. What happened is um, uh, E.W. Barton Wright and Arthur Conan Doyle both used to write for Pearson magazine. And at different times, Pearson magazine did the um, syllabus of Bartitsu. So, of course, when they needed to bring back um, Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle, who had no background in any of that kind of stuff, looked for the thing that seemed most obvious and something that was different, Bartitsu. He stole it from another one of his jour journalists at the Pearson magazine and wrote it into Sherlock Holmes. And that's why it was, is because he worked on the same paper as the person that created Bartitsu. But, and also actually thinking about Bartitsu in terms of, um, I've mentioned this in a podcast recently where we talked about um, uh, women and self-defense in that um, Bartitsu specifically in terms of, self, uh, in terms of martial arts, is um, had a massive, massive impact on um, women's rights at the early turn of the um, the end of the Victorian era, because the suffragettes were um, the suffragettes learned something that they effectively called suffragitsu, but that came from their original person was a husband and wife team who taught them that they had learned their skills at the Soho Dojo for the original Bartitsu. They were taught at the original, so they were taught what is ironically known as the gentleman's martial art, and that helped the movement of the suffragettes. They were not treated any differently because they, um, because um, one of them was female. There was no bias at all whatsoever. And it actually helped that movement. You know, imagine the suffragettes that couldn't protect themselves. There would have been a completely different story because there, would have, there wouldn't have been the same resistance. There wouldn't have been the same uprising because there'd have been, they wouldn't have uh, been able to learn skills that they needed. So actually a lot of, a lot of even Bartitsu, which is an old school Victorian men, you know, even then there was a respect shown of, you want to learn this, you want to show respect. We don't give a shit who you are. Cool. Come on in. So even back then, even the Victoria, the end of the Victorian era, 
we could improve society and improve the way that people thought and not have ingrained bullshit in our heads simply because of respect. And, uh, you know, fuck's sake. <laughs> so but there yeah. we go. You know, it's, it's just that simple. It's, it's, it doesn't take much. It takes these little things and they have a greater impact, as, as we said. But um, I think we've kind of rounded up there. We've kind of gone over it in various different things. I think the one thing that we both absolutely agree on in, in terms of society nowadays, the best thing for it would be to people to have a bit more respect. Um, mm. And we, we have both seen at different times that people don't necessarily have the right amount of respect in terms of martial arts and, and self-defense. And actually, maybe that means we need to teach it to people earlier on so that we can we can help people go forward. But yeah, um, was there anything else you wanted to say, or are we good? Um, I, I was going to say I think we've to, I think we've come to a pretty yeah. good conclusion for today. I, good, we we both thought of it at the same time, which is always good. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, hopefully, if I, I really hope that um, Andy's gran listens to this now, and I apologise if you're seventy nine or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Um, but thank you everyone for listening as I say um, this is up on Spotify as well as on YouTube it will both be going up um, uh, at the same time the the, the dual release so you can have it start watching it on your computer at home and then go into some of you are still going to work if you work in a in a a hospital or a bank um, you can listen to I mean depending on when they listen to this we might stuff might be opened up again very true it could be it could be June 12th and we may be there so yes but thank you very much for joining me Andy and thank you everyone else for listening in and we will see you next time cheers everyone